0: Hello, it's Top Stories again and I, once again, not for the first time and hopefully not the last, am Andy Zaltzman. Let's go back in time now, as we do on this show, to another sport-heavy Bugle classic. It's a London 2012 Olympics London 2012 update from the year 2012 from John Oliver and me in Bugle issue 2003 entitled No Medals for Syria.
1: Top story this week! <laughs> Are there more important things to care about? Of course. <laughs> Can you name any of those things right now? Of course not. <laughs> What's the first thing you think of when you think of the word news? News right. It's Michael Phelps' face, isn't it? <laughs> That's because it's the Olympics, Andy. <laughs> Humanity's emotional morphine. It doesn't make everything okay, but it sure as shit makes it feel okay. <laughs> it's Olympics update time! <laughs> I'm about 30% joking when I say any of that, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that for you, that number is currently significantly
0: lower. <laughs> well, um... Uh, there was a, a news bulletin the uh, <laughs> the other day I heard on the radio, and it had about... I think I think it was maybe even... It was Radio 4, actually. So, I mean, this is, you know, the serious bit of British media. And it was like you know, a three-minute news bulletin on the hour, and the first two minutes were all about the Olympics. <laughs> and then other news was there's been a massacre in Syria. Yeah. And that, I think that showed... I mean, you might see that in a negative light. I see that in a positive light, because that just shows that things don't need to be bad, even when they yeah. are. Yeah. You know, it's just, <laughs> so the, the human, it's, it's like an evolutionary thing. You know, we've yeah. We've seen the evolution of humanity. You know, there didn't used to be Olympic Games, then we developed Olympic Games, and now we are able to ignore major catastrophes. Yes. That is, that is self-preservation, John. It is mental self-preservation. It's the evolution of the species, Andy, in action.
1: Well done, Darwin. So so the Olympics is a week in now and after a spectacular Olympics opening ceremony that saw a five-minute Mr Bean sketch and James Bond (laughs) bursting in on the Queen with a look in his eyes that made me think he was about to shoot her in the head. (laughs) uh, The Queen, of course, then jumped out of a helicopter and even more spectacularly managed to scowl her way through the rest of the (laughs) opening ceremony. (laughs) She did look like she absolutely hated it. <laughs> she had a face like a bored trout, having. <laughs> Would it have killed her to smile just once, <laughs> rather than have a permanent expression that seemed to say I f***ing <laughs> hate all of you. <laughs>
0: all of you. I think, um, and I think I mentioned this in the the very first Mike Crow Bugle last week, that there was an explanation for this, John, that she just spent ten minutes in a helicopter with James Bond. <laughs> now, what happens to women when they get in bits of transport oh. alone? That's it. A- that's with James point. Bond <laughs> I and mean, it could have really but set off our arthritis that's all I'm saying the, the point is Andy what a week there's What's been triumph
1: there's been despair there's been sunshine there has been rain and there have been cheating badminton players <laughs> bringing that noble sport into disrepute how dare they disgrace badminton Andy they brought shame upon the shuttlecock <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what happened?
0: I've got a, fa- a In fact the ba- about, uh, about shuttlecocks, John. Yeah. Um, the feathers on shuttlecocks are made only from the left wing of a goose. <laughs> 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 they said this. I went to badminton last night, and it was announced uh, during the pre-match, but I'm a bit of time. They said, uh, incidentally, the shuttlecock was made using feathers only from the left wing what? of the goose. <laughs> That sounds like one of your lies. Yeah, I know. I was listening to that thinking, have, have I been... I'm a bit confused, I've been very busy, but I don't remember writing the continuity I, links for Olympic badminton. I think that might be the single most pointless fact <laughs> I've ever heard. I mean, that
1: literally has no use to me. Yeah. And yet I'm probably never going to forget it now.
0: <laughs> but, disappointingly, they have removed the original phase of badminton from when it was invented in around about the 17th century, of competitors having to chase and defeather a goose to make... The shuttle cock. Now, of course, originally it wasn't from the left wing of the goose. It was from the, the shuttle of the goose, which is like the turkey's wattle underneath the goose's chin. And the cock was made from the um, the cock of the goose. Now, obviously for the sake of the flight of the shuttle cock, um, you, you need the, the cock bit to be... You need hmm. the shuttle bit to be feathery and you need the cock yeah. bit to be hard. So it, it needed to be removed in an aroused state. Now, clearly, this is a, a tricky manoeuvre... For a badminton yeah. player to pull off to sever the aroused penis of a goose, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's okay for the goose because they just their wangs grow back like hydras. This is why you know in the 18th century you couldn't move for geese with about 50 penises. But <laughs> but it did make making the shuttlecock difficult. <laughs> it's been a long week. Get some sleep, Andy. It's been a very long. You're week. hallucinating. Is this still the and fact? If, if it was, if it was at 20 all. In, in the game, rather than nowadays, you have to get two points ahead. Yeah, until you gets to twenty nine, or then you have like a, a golden point. Uh, a twenty all. Um, a bald, uh, the bald, angry, and recently deep penised goose was released onto the court, <laughs> <laughs> and the last player to be pecked by the angry goose won the game.
1: That is no less useful a fact than the actual fact you started that with. <laughs> Those are the same amount of use. <laughs> What, what happened in the badminton, if you missed it, was that four women's doubles teams were disqualified from the Olympics after deliberately trying to lose their final group games to secure an easier draw in the knockout round. It looks bad when one team in a match tries that. It looks terrible when both teams are simultaneously doing it. It's not technically cheating, but it did turn the crowd on them and did cause a badminton scandal. And you don't often hear those two words anywhere near each other, Andy, badminton scandal. In fact, there hasn't been... A- badminton scandal since 1986 uh, I believe, when for a couple of days the then world champion, Park Jubong, was briefly thought to have caused the Chernobyl nuclear disaster with an errant (laughs) shuttlecock, uh, until the investigation eventually blamed electrical engineering equipment and the use of graphite in construction materials. But (laughs) for 48
0: hours, it looked to have been the single worst combined badminton and nuclear reactor disaster in decades. Badminton scandal used to open the Bowling for Jamaica in the 1980s. (laughs) uh, (laughs) that was was a great
1: feature On uh, the BBC Olympic website this week, which gives you a chance to find out, and I quote, your Olympic athlete body match. <laughs> now, you can put your height and weight into the programme, and it will tell you which Olympian's body you most resemble. So, you know, I'm about six feet uh, and around 175 pounds. So, I put that in, and it turns out that I'm most like Stefan Feck, uh, <laughs> the German Olympic three metre springboard diver. <laughs> And also Ian Lewis, the British men's team hockey player. Now, this means I technically have the body of an Olympic diver, Andy. That is a numerical fact. It's not a visual fact, but which do you trust more, your eyes or numbers? Exactly. Without numbers, you wouldn't even have two eyes to see things with. You just have some eyes. That's my point. So it turns out that I have the body of an Olympic diver, Andy, and I'm as pleased with that fact as I imagine. Stefan Feck is angry with the fact that after a lifetime's dedication to carving his body into its perfect sleek form, he numerically has the body type of a 35-year-old British comedian.
0: Well, I uh, did the same on that same uh, test, John, and it turns out that I have exactly the same body uh, as the 15-year-old British gymnast, Rebecca (laughs) Tummy. Um... Are you... Are you... I mean, I haven't measured myself for a while, to be honest. Right. So I was just going on my last recorded (laughs) measurements from six months ago. But, you know, then I was six stone (laughs) (laughs) and four foot ten. The point stands.
1: Uh, interestingly, American politics and the Olympics combined on Thursday through Mitt Romney, the presumptive Republican nominee. He's had a special connection uh, to these games, not just because he seemed to imply that the London Olympics last week would be a bag of shits before they began... <laughs> But also because he actually owns one of the competitors in the Olympics his wife Anne had a uh, horse uh, competing in this Olympics in the sport of horse dressage otherwise known as horse ballet otherwise known as the single stupidest thing in the history of the world (laughs) not so stupid though that there were not 23,000 fans who turned up to watch the horse dancing in Greenwich Park on Thursday kudos to British sports fans Andy, they will turn up to watch anything, whether it's a sport or not, as long as it's called a sport. (laughs) If you called an old lady crossing the road a sport, Andy, you would have thousands of people turn up to watch her and millions more people complaining that there weren't any more tickets left to see it because they'd all been given away in corporate deals.
0: Well, that was basically the Jubilee, John.
1: (laughs) Come on, Ethel! Come on, (laughs) Ethel! She's just crossed the river instead of a road. (laughs) And Romney's horse is called Rafalca, uh, which is a stupid name for a horse that you are asking to do stupid things in a stupid sport. But Rafalca has become a bit of a touchy subject for Mitt Romney, as, you know, its very existence does play into the image of him being a bit of an elitist. Now he's claimed that it is not an elitist sport, horse dressage. But let's let's just look at the cold facts for a moment. The rider wears a top hat and white gloves, and the horse trots in place and performs pirouettes, A pirouetting horse, Andy. A pirouetting horse. I think Mitt Romney is smart enough to know that you do not get elected to the highest office in the land by being associated with a pirouetting horse. <laughs> Rafalka's rider insisted that the sport is not just for the rich, saying that it's open to anyone on, and I quote, a normal budget. <laughs> but that might... Be stretching the term "normal" just a bit, because it might be normal to anyone with a large Swiss bank account. But the horses cost upwards of half a million dollars to buy, and according to their tax, according to the tax returns that Romney has deigned to release so far, uh, the Romneys wrote off seventy-seven thousand dollars in horse expenses in two thousand and ten. Horse expenses, Andy. Horse expenses, and not just horse expenses. Pirouetting horse expenses, <laughs> and not just pirouetting horse
0: expenses—seventy-seven thousand dollars in pirouetting horse expenses. Well, well that is mostly the, uh, that's mostly the—that's the training costs of you know teaching a horse to pirouette, you know, in a in a china shop, and uh, you know, having to pay for all the breakages. That's that's how you train them to do it delicately, but it does cost. Been, it does cost. It's been pointed out here
1: that if President Obama wins this election. With the economy in this bad a shape, it'll be a huge achievement. But, Andy, if Mitt Romney wins this election with a pirouetting horse, (laughs) I think it'll be even more impressive. In fact, if he does win, I think he should ride onto the stage to give his speech with a top hat and white gloves, with his horse pirouetting all over the place, shouting, You just elected a tax-evading Mormon with a pirouetting horse. This is the greatest country in the world. (laughs)
0: That was another top story. Thank you very much for listening. Now listen to this entire episode again in whatever pod feed you deem appropriate. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground.